The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. And I want to thank all of you who are listening with us today. We're very glad that you're here. And we love uh, hearing from you, getting your emails, seeing your comments on Facebook. And I want to thank you for participating here as part of our Spirit of Recovery community. Uh, we want you to know that we do have uh, great guests every week. We've got guests that are uh, practical, that are down to earth, that are either in recovery themselves or who work with recovering people or sometimes all the above. And they're bringing you great information that you can use to help deepen your spirituality and deepen your recovery and get lively discussions going that get you thinking. And I want to thank all of you for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unity community know about us here at Spirit of Recovery. We want you to be aware that, of course, you can listen to us live on Tuesday afternoons at 4 Central Time. You can also listen to all of our programs on our archives by going to www.unity.fm backslash program backslash spirit of recovery. And also you can listen on any of your mobile listening devices and live or in the archives. So we are just so glad that you have a lot of ways that you can listen. We invite you to visit our Spirit of Recovery Facebook page and post there. Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and we know that recovery is a large tent. If you're a person who's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're a family member that's in your own recovery as a family member, or a family member or friend of somebody that has the disease of addiction, whether or not they're in recovery, Or if you're simply curious and just looking for information about the recovery process, we welcome you and welcome you as part of our discussions. We welcome you calling or emailing in with a comment or a question. You can email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. And we do get those emails during the show and we can respond. Or you can call us at 888-558-6489. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and an Addictions Counselor. Also, I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. And 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. And ever since then, my walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles, and my life continues to grow and transform in ever deeper ways. I am very grateful and delighted to have the opportunity to share with you the great guests that we have here on Spiritual Re- Spirit of Recovery and to share with you these ideas. So today our program is called Let's Get Real and my guest is Jerry J. Jerry has 39 years of recovery working uh, very committedly a recovery program Jerry uh, has the opportunity to share his recovery all over the country, um, to share it uh, as a speaker at conferences and meetings and so forth. And he has a great story and a great recovery and lots to share. 
And uh, what Jerry's going to be sharing with us today is that idea about how when we're in active addiction or obsession with another person, as us family members can get sometimes, that addiction or obsession robs us of the ability to live in reality. And when we get in recovery, our spiritual growth allows us to see life clearly. And it powers our thinking with wisdom, and it motivates our actions from love. So, Jerry, we're really glad that you're with us today. Thank you for being my guest. Glad to be here. Glad you're here. So, Jerry, tell us, if you would, uh, a bit about uh, how you got into recovery. How did you get into walking this path 39 years ago? Well, I, <clears throat> I came to Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, not willingly, I guess, but uh, because my wife had been uh, a member of Al-Anon for a year or so, and she uh, challenged me to uh, overcome my addiction by controlled drinking, which I tried and couldn't do. And so I actually created my own bottom and and sought out AA to uh, to recover and uh, spirituality and and uh, reality was a very much a part of that that process so that's how I got here right good when you first uh, before you got into AA was spirituality a part of your life in any way not really uh, as a young young man you know a child teenager like I was my my parents were active in the in the church, and I was, of course, active with them. But as I grew older, I began, I have a very, uh, I have a, a mind that requires me to analyze things closely and look for flaws, and I'm sort of a cynic, skeptic in a way, I guess, naturally. And uh, I began to think, find things in religion that I couldn't resonate in my own mind and uh, in a very, I suppose, immature way. But if I found a flaw in one place, I tend to discard the whole rather than to just set aside the one I couldn't believe. And so I drifted away from any search for things spiritual for many years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you say when you got into AA, that began to change. Could could you tell us what was your first inkling when you got into AA that it was a spiritual program, or what was an early thing that happened to you where you you started getting into your spirituality? Well, everywhere I I went in AA, they had the uh, steps of AA on the wall, and they all referred to God in several places. God as you understand Him. So I recognized that I was going to have to deal with that issue if I was going to fully engage in the programs. So I began to wrestle with the old issue again, and uh, uh, I was told by one of my sponsors that uh, what I should do is make two lists. One, things I could believe about the spiritual life, and the other are things I could not believe. And when I had completed both lists, he told me to throw away the one I couldn't believe and to operate on the one that I could believe. Because what I had been done, I'd kept myself in no man's land between the two thoughts and couldn't go either way. So I, uh, I followed his advice and began to select what I could believe. Mm-hmm. And how did that change? How did that make your life different when you did that and started praying on what you could believe? Well, I I had no place to go with arguments. I began to observe what was going on around me. And one of the first things I observed was that people that, from a logical point of view, came into AA, and I, in my logical-oriented mind, I, I didn't think they could get sober. But having watched them apply the, the, the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous for a while, I began to see that uh, they were they were recovering, and they did recover. So I knew that something was at work here. Something was was taking place because no one was saying, "I know how to fix you," or that you know, well, "I can't fix you, but you've got to find 
the way yourself with your higher power, or God as you understand him, that's going to have to be the way you recover. And I began to go down that track on my own, and then things began to happen to me that uh, I, I began to change. Mm-hmm. So it was like putting it into action. Oh, yeah. It, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was no longer a theory. It was a practice of daily living where I began to seek and look for uh, the reality of life. The whole program was designed, I believe, to bring us into reality. I didn't know where I was. I really didn't know who I was. So the first part of the program was to recognize, let me recognize that I was addicted, that I was powerless, and that there was, I, by my own efforts, I probably wasn't going to recover, that I needed some help beyond the human level, and that I needed to find that and begin to, to follow that, that path, which is what I did. And I think it led me into a re- reality of what was important in life and what I should strive for in life as opposed to the materialistic aspect of life. Right. Now, Jerry, with, uh, I'll, uh, I'm certainly respecting your, your privacy and your confidentiality and, and anonymity here. And, and I know that you, I love what you said. You said you, you started to find out who you were because what I do know about you is that you had a, a job that had a lot of responsibility um, you had a place in the community, so some people would say, "But Jerry, you, you, you knew who you were. You had all, you had these roles that were important." So well, how I had you- the roles. I had the roles. I had the trappings of success, uh-huh. and every year I seemed to gain more trappings of success. It was like I was being put little medals put on me somewhere. So I looked like I was doing all right. I was married. I had two great kids. I had a house and a car, and and I kept getting promoted and all that sort of thing. But the the fact of the matter was my life was totally empty. I could find no meaning in my life. Uh, and I, I used alcohol to escape from that loneliness, to try to chemically alter reality is what I was trying to do, I guess. But I was not having any luck at it because you kept waking up to the same world and, and you, you're not going anywhere and you're not finding any satisfaction or meaning in life. And that you need to be at that spot, I believe, before you can give up your old ideas. When you're really at the bottom and you can't see any way out, then maybe you can listen to someone else about some way that they found that would help them, and you can see their life in operation. It's proof to you that it will work, and you begin to go that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make any sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because you know I I think about that sometimes that uh, sometimes we can be almost trapped by the outer trapped by the outer trappings. In that interesting phrase, outer trappings. In that interesting, it it can keep us sometimes from from seeing that inside things may not be so good. People with a lot of worldly success often have the most difficult time in recovery from addiction because they can continue to avoid the real pitfalls that many of us suffer uh, while we're addicted. We don't, they don't have the legal problems. They have lawyers to take care of that. They, you know, they, there, there are ways they can isolate themselves, and the more isolated they become, <clears throat> the less happiness they have, I think. And, but they, they keep pursuing those old ideas. And when you reach the bottom, which is, I think, in my judgment, a, a very real requirement that you've got to get to a place in your life where you know that your old ideas are not working and you need to go a different way before you can make a change. And that leads you into reality if you've got the right kind of guidance from that point forward. Right. Tell, say some more, if you would, Jerry, about what you mean by reality, living in reality. Well, reality is what is now. Right now. What is it right now? It's not the past. We have a past, and I guess to some extent that has been a part of reality, but it's not existing at the present time. In the future, it hasn't got here yet. 
we haven't arrived at, at what we fear or what we think is going to happen in the future. So reality is what's going on right now with who I am and what I'm doing. That's my perception of reality. Mm-hmm. Right. And when people are really caught up in, in substance addiction or as family members getting caught up in focusing on obsessing about the person with the substance addiction or all of that, we're really not living in the present. No. Really, most of us who suffer from this are dealing with this basic flaw in living, which is self-centeredness. We think the world is revolving around us. We are only interested in what seems to be affecting us. We're not interested in what happens to other people around us or where you know, the world is going. We're interested in what it does to us and when we do it. And we auger in on that and we, we try to make ourselves, uh, we try to find ways to make it happen in such a way that we're comfortable. But we can't do that and we run into other people and we, one of the basic teachings is, that, you know, a life based on self-centeredness can hardly be successful. And my life was not successful because I was uh, very much focused on what I thought things ought to be, what, how it ought to work, who, what I ought to be doing, what I ought to get for it, what you know, how I ought to be happy or whatever. But I was totally focused on what I thought would make me happy, and it really didn't make me happy because I was ignoring the, the basic principles of spirituality and, and was not following any of those. Right. What's what, what is one of those that, that you would say is a basic principle of spirituality? Mm-hmm. Well, one is, one is seeing yourself as who you really are mm-hmm. and being willing to accept who you are and not what you want people to think you are. That you've got to be who you are. And then you have to, honesty is one of them. You've got to be honest with yourself and with others. I was a pretty honest person. Uh, but I had I had uh, little faith in any kind of power greater than myself. I I uh, had little faith in things like forgiveness. Uh, I didn't understand those things, and I I came to understand that things like uh, letting go and letting God and uh, forgiveness and release or acceptance, all of those are really the same thing, except they've got different names on them applied to different circumstances. And I think that's a great spiritual value, is to be in that reality of what you can do and what you've got to have some power greater than yourself to do. Um, you know, the spiritual fruits in the Bible, forgiveness and long-suffering and patience and compassion service is a major one now i was in a service business but i was really pretty frustrated because the service i was being able to deliver to people was uh, not to the individuals but it was to large entities like corporations and uh, it was hard to see that my service was really accomplishing very much anywhere and so when I got into AA, I began to be close to people and see things that were going on with those folks. And it was kind of like coming home to a hometown where you knew everybody and you knew what was going on and you were able to fight, reach out and, and help people and you found new people to help all the time. And the more you help someone else, the more benefit you get yourself, of course. You know that. That's so, great. We're going to have to wrap it up right now. We've just got a break. We're going to be right back. Jerry, thank you so much. Stay with us, listeners. We'll be right back with The Spirit of Recovery. Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you.
Hi, this is Ellen Devonport. The Five Principles was my first book, and here's what I've learned as an author. It's nice to sell a lot of books, but it's truly gratifying to know the book is being read, used, and studied in churches and small groups in the U.S. and beyond. And I get a real kick out of hearing that someone gave the Five Principles to friends who aren't in unity. Because the Five Principles are universal spiritual laws. They operate in everyone's life, whether they know it or not. They've been discovered and rediscovered by spiritual masters for thousands of years. God is all there is. We are expressions of God. We create our experience with the power of our thoughts. We align ourselves with the well-being of the universe through prayer and meditation. And we live the truth we know every day in every decision. Just five principles, they cover it all. Buy the book at unity.org. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Let's Get Real. And my guest is Jerry J. Jerry has over 39 years of recovery in Alcoholics Anonymous. And Jerry speaks all over the country and shares his experience, strength, and hope. And he's sharing with us today uh, how it is that spirituality gets us into reality and uh, talking with us about spiritual values. But before Jerry and I continue our conversation, join me as we take a moment to center ourselves in peace of mind. Take a moment to center in the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to relax, to take a breath, and hear this constructive idea. I let go and let God clear my mind and fill my heart with love. I go forward to create good in my life. I let go and let God clear my mind and fill my heart with love. I go forward to create good in my life. Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I hope that it did bring you a moment of peace and bring you into conscious awareness of that presence of spirit that's in you and all around you. So I'm now now back talking with my guest, Jerry J., about Let's Get Real. So, Jerry... You used, you had, used to have a problem with God. So what was your problem yeah. with God? Well, as I grew up, I was, I was taught a lot of things or told a lot of things by a lot of people who were supposedly knowledgeable about this uh, God. And <clears throat> because of the type of mind I guess I was born with, I began to ask, how do we know that? How, the, the Bible says this, but... How, how do we know that happened? I don't ever see that happening anywhere, like a lot of the miracles in the Bible. Uh, I had It wasn't that I disbelieved them. It's just that I had the burden placed on the minister or the church or, or God himself, wherever it was, to prove to me that these things could happen. And I didn't get the proof. So I discarded the whole idea. When I got into AA... I realized I had to do something with 
this God concept. So I had to, when I got here, I thought about, when you mentioned the word God to me, I thought about an old man sitting on a cloud somewhere with a long white beard and a robe, and he had lightning bolts on one side of him we could throw down and knock us on the, on the when we made a mistake, and a book where he's keeping up the score on everybody in the universe. And I just couldn't go there. I couldn't believe that. I couldn't find any proof that that existed. But I was in a program where a lot of people talked about a God as they understood him that helped them and allowed them to recover from a seemingly hopeless condition of mind and body called alcoholism. And I'm I'm pretty sure that same concept applies to NA or narcotics or a lot of other similar addictions. Well, anyway, the first thing I... First place I got to was after I made my list was that something was working in Alcoholics Anonymous, so I defined God as whatever is working in Alcoholics Anonymous. And I began to try to take life and look at life in such a way to see what else there might be that uh, I could see and could prove to my own satisfaction was uh, uh, an evidence of this power. And I uh, I began to have changes in my attitude, which was something that I didn't ever intend to have changed, but I began to recognize that things were happening to me which were were different than anything that, that I had anticipated, that I thought about. Uh, I, I, I switched one night. I heard a young woman talk about dying from, from cancer, and she was talking about how God sustained her through, the, through the, this period of time. She had an incurable disease, and I was told in Alcoholics Anonymous I had an incurable disease called alcoholism. But my goodness, I like my solution better than I looked like hers was. And in that moment of recognition, I switched from feeling sorry for myself to a moment of gratitude. And it almost knocked me to my knees. I was grateful for having a way out on a way I could live. So I began to, to see things like that that really began to impact me. I also began to recognize that I had been, everybody has values. They're the things that are important to you. And when you're living inside your values, if they're good values, that's one of the most comfortable places you can be. And I had been striving for values that were elusive, that went away. I could, I could achievement, achieve something, and then that wasn't it at all. It didn't make me happy. I had to achieve something else. But when I began to pursue the spiritual life and try to, to see and embrace things like love and honesty and compassion and service, I began to have a different attitude about life and I began to feel much happier about my life and, and no regrets at all for what had happened. I had had a, a long history of, of unfortunate events, but it, it became, they became my assets when I tried to help other people who had similar events. And this whole transformation took place over a period of, of years. It wasn't one day that it's all happened. Some of it came quickly, like my shift from gratitude to, I meant from uh, pity, self-pity to gratitude. That was quick. But not all of them were. Many of them were gradual and slow. And it, as I evolved and got into this, I know what's really important to me today. I know what's real today. And those, that kind of life that where, you're, where you're trying to help your fellow man and where you're trying to do what's good and right in your community and uh, you you feel good. It's permanent. There's a permanence to it, and it's reality as I see it. I you could I can talk for maybe two or three hours on this, but we probably don't have time. <laughs> it's good stuff. So one thing you're saying is that it's it's reality because it's permanent because it makes a permanent difference. And yet you no said matter that. what the no matter what mm-hmm. life brings you, mm-hmm. no matter what happens next week or next day or next hour or what happened yesterday. We harvest the past and learn the lessons from it and bring them forward so we don't make the same mistakes and we go go forward in our lives and we begin, we get wiser. You know, it's like the serenity prayer. I use the serenity prayer thousands of times. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can. Now, 
I go on one. I've got a decision to make, so I'm going to go with one or the other of those. I'm going to try to accept it, or I'm going to try to change it. And whichever one I do, I find out which one works, and that gives me a, a measure of wit- wisdom in the in the last part of that prayer. The wisdom to know the difference. Next time around, I'll know more than I did this time. So that's a, a way for spiritual growth and to deal, delve deeper into this thing called reality. I think. You believe that spiritual values are gifts to humankind. Tell us about that. Well, who invented honesty? Who invented love? Who invented compassion, forgiveness, acceptance, surrender? Who did that? And why do those things work when other things don't? Their opposites don't work because I tried them. I fought life. I was going to whip it into shape and make it go, but it it doesn't work. And when I lend myself to those things, they've been they've been in existence for thousands of years, as long as we have any recorded history. Those those ideas have been successful measures for living. They came from somewhere, and I don't think they were just picked up by a caveman somewhere. I think they've always been there. And when we align ourselves with those kind of values, then our lives get easier. And we, we are able to live and function, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> better in every way that we can, no matter what's coming at us. You can go through death, divorce, all the bad things that we can think of. If, you have, if you're pursuing those values and they're operating in your life, you can handle whatever comes your way. I don't believe that God gives us anything in any day that he and I can't solve. And I use the verb he, and not verb the pronoun he, not that I believe that there's a being out there. I don't know what's out there. I just know there's a power out there. I don't know its source. The source is called God, and I don't know, I can't identify any further what God is. It's just something that's present. And if I align myself with that presence, my life is better. Spirituality really is about then action, yeah, isn't it? Not about sitting around trying it's, to. It starts in your head, out. though. You know that mm-hmm. age-old thing about watch your thoughts; they become your actions. Watch your actions; they become your habits. Your habits become your your character, and your character becomes your destiny. Those are just that's just where it all starts. But your actions first. You have the thoughts first. You've got to. Work it in your head so that you can take the action with some degree of belief it might work, and then you begin to move in that direction. That's why I think you need the bottom, because if you have a bottom, you can discard the old ideas and take up some new ones, because you don't really know what's going to work. But you can, you, you know, you see people around you who are successful in living that have a new set of values that you can pursue, and they. They, they're self-proving. They work for you. We work in, We live in a self-proving universe. When you're not living right, you're not comfortable. When you're living right, you are comfortable, no matter what comes down the pike. I don't mean you're always happy. I once thought when I finished the 12 Steps, I'd ride off in the sunset singing happy songs, but it hadn't happened that way because death comes to all of us, and, you know, we have bad luck, and bad things happen. Financial problems occur, but the thing about it is that if you if you've got that core belief that's working, these looking for these principles and these values in life, things just seem to work out for you in such a way that you can be reasonably comfortable, happy, joyous, and free. What are some of the? Uh, I know you've gotten a lot of your ideas from being in the program and talking to people and working with people and stuff, are there books that you read or have read that you've gotten spiritual guidance from as well or or ideas from? Oh, I've read so many. Uh, I read them before I got to AA, and I've read them after. I've always been a a spiritual mongrel. Uh, I could never find a home until I found AA. Uh, So I read a lot of books, talked to a lot of priests, talked to ministers, talked to rabbis, talk to people I don't even know what they were uh, all my life I've been looking for something 
And, uh, you know, I'm like the old man who have had the one-string violin that he played one note over and over and over. And finally his wife, she said, my goodness, Sam, you got to move your hands around. You know, other people that played the violin moved their hands around. And he said, yep, they're looking for it, but I found it. And uh, he, you have. You feel like you, you feel comfortable where you are. And that, that's where I wound up. Mm-hmm. What, what are some of the favorite books that you've read that speak to you or that speak to you today? Well, the book Alcoholics Anonymous certainly is one of them. Um, I don't know. I'm not really prepared to think about just exactly which ones were good. There was an old man who wrote a little book where he talked about the human condition, how we are born with looking born looking for a way not to be disturbed. We were undisturbed in the womb, and then we get out of the womb, we we are disturbed, and so the first thing we do is complain. And when that works for a while, and then we try to stick up for our rights, and then we try to do what other people please want us to do, and then finally we shift over and and uh, try to follow some spiritual teaching or some somebody's do-it-yourself way to live and. I can't think of the name of the book right now. That was a big one for me. But anyway, the ultimate goal we have, we get to blame, and we blame everything on everybody else. And when nobody ever gets anywhere beyond blame, unless they get past blame, you're not, you're not a, we're not victims. We're volunteers. And that's what I think. Mm-hmm. And I, oh gosh, what else have I, what have I read? I've read several Unity books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm just kind of blank right now on what the names of some of those books are. I haven't read any of them recently. I can't think of You're going to have to let me up on that one. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, um, I, I kind of caught you off guard there, but I was curious because you sounded like you really had read uh, a lot of things and that you were, uh, and I know you have, that you've been thinking. It's interesting to me that you were, uh, reading a lot and seeking a lot even while you were in active alcoholism. Uh, that's interesting. I was not speaking a lot. Well, I was speaking part of no, my business. No, but you were speaking, reading. That you were reading. You were reading a I lot was, of books. Oh, yeah. I've been reading all my mm-hmm. life. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, but you see, when you, have, when you have one set of values in your head and one way you think life ought to work, you can read something that it contrasts with that and all you do is disagree with it. But when you're at a zero point where you know your ideas have have produced only failure, when you read then, you begin to uh, resonate with the ideas that are are laid out to you. Um, That's my thinking anyway. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And and so it's like even though you were seeking and uh, and wanting those spiritual ideas for that point of period of time it was like you said just almost to be adversarial maybe you were struggling with it or something they weren't resonating with i just discarded because i knew it wouldn't work it wouldn't work Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it doesn't make any sense to do what you're talking about service oh yeah i do service and uh, i'm not self-centered first time i ever heard of the word self-centered is applied asking me if i was self-centered i quit reading that page in the book because i'm not self-centered why should i read about your problems uh that was kind of my attitude when I started on this this journey, uh, but then later on I began to understand that I was indeed self-centered. And most people, I think that's basically the human condition. And if you don't escape from that human condition, you don't move into spirituality. Right. It's like you have to start having some sense that there's a something creative or positive that you can rely on. Yes. It's going to be there for you. And it's not going to be of your own. You're not going to be able to make it happen by yourself. But you're very much a participant. You're in the game. Nobody's sitting in in the grandstands in life. We're all in the game. And so we have to, to act. As you said, we have to act. We have to begin to act in such a way that we uh, can realize some benefits from the uh, activities that we're engaged in. And Alcoholics Anonymous gave me a lot of benefits from the activities that I was engaged in there, working with other people and and that kind of thing. 
Right. It's time for our second break. So, uh, Jerry, thanks for what you're sharing with us. We appreciate it. Listeners, stick with us. We'll be right back, and we'll be talking some more about Let's Get Real with my guest, Jerry J. Stay with us. Hi, this is Ellen Devonport. The Five Principles was my first book, and here's what I've learned as an author. It's nice to sell a lot of books, but it's truly gratifying to know the book is being read, used, and studied in churches and small groups in the U.S. and beyond. And I get a real kick out of hearing that someone gave The Five Principles to friends who aren't in unity. Because The Five Principles are universal spiritual laws. They operate in everyone's life whether they know it or not. They've been discovered and rediscovered by spiritual masters for thousands of years. God is all there is. We are expressions of God. We create our experience with the power of our thoughts. We align ourselves with the well-being of the universe through prayer and meditation. And we live the truth we know every day in every decision. Just five principles. They cover it all. Buy the book at unity.org. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach for weekly inspiration on ways to identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, where your purpose is your prosperity. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, Call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Let's Get Real. And my guest is Jerry J. Jerry has over 39 years of recovery in Alcoholics Anonymous. He speaks all around the country and Jerry's got a lot of experience, wisdom and hope to share with us and he's been talking with us today about that idea of how spirituality gets us into reality and how it gets us into living a life that's in the present moment and a life that has lasting value. So Jerry, again, we're glad that you're with us today and thanks for all that you're sharing with us. Well, glad to be here. I know that Good, glad, glad you're here. I know that love uh, has always been a part of your life, but when you got in recovery, your concept of love started to change. How's it uh, different today? Well, I think it's a, a deeper recognition of what it is. You know, the, one of the parts of the Bible that I could accept was the statement that God is love. And... Uh, I, uh, I I always had that feeling about it, and I I had you know I had loving parents. They helped me a lot. They really did. There were lessons they taught me that I didn't realize until I got rid of some of my old ideas and began to look re reexamine my life, and it, it it deepened my love for for them. I uh, I. Uh, and and I've known so many people in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous who may not have much in the sense of material things, but they give of themselves, and they're 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 so appreciated and so loved by others, uh, and their li- and it shows up in their life. They're just fantastic. There's a man that I know who, when he was a young man, in a drunken stupor ran into some people and killed a couple of people, and he went to prison. And he uh, found his spiritual life began in prison, and he wound up 
as warden of the prison he was sent to. First time that had ever happened in recorded history. And then he wound up in charge of a number of prisons and finally wound up in charge of all the prison systems in North Carolina. And he goes everywhere, every time anybody asks him to go, it doesn't matter how many people are going to be there. It's just, he's just flat out, he's, he's game and he's playing. And uh, you see a man like that and you just got to love somebody like that. You, can't, you just cannot overcome the appreciation you can see for someone who's, who's given their life that way. And that's just one. There's many, many others that I've seen. And the, the more you experience this thing, the more easily it is to see it in others. And I, uh, I think love is about as great a thing as there is. I, uh, giving and receiving, it's a, it's a wonderful, you know it's, you know it's spiritual. Because you, when you when you have it, you can't give it away. You get more of it when you give it away than you had when you started, and that's true of all spiritual values. I think uh, when you you do, when you start trying to push it out and give it to somebody else, you benefit. Not that you're doing it for that reason, but it just comes to you, and that's a that's a part of this thing called love. And uh, it's been, I've, you know, I've I've had so many good experiences with people who've. I've shared their life with me, and I've uh, I've enjoyed uh, the association guys. That there's a man that named Bob White that was lived near me that I think was one of the greatest guys I ever knew. He was a member of AA, but he just he, he discovered the the whole spectrum of service that I believe is a, one of the one of the real real big parts of love. If you love some love people and love things you want to serve them and uh, i think that's does that answer me yeah yeah that's a great yeah that's a great response and i was thinking about what you know what you were saying about with spiritual values the paradox is that when you give them away you get more of them and that's so opposite from when we just live in a a material awareness when we think that all there is 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 that outer world yes yeah it it seems Sometimes, too, like it's hard to uh, explain, like, with, if um, to people sometimes uh, what, that, what that really means, uh, like, it, it, back kind of to what you've been saying earlier or really all along is that the spirituality only comes really when you try it out, when you practice it. You, you can't, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to have it unless you take a risk. Well, and it's not man-made. Mm-hmm. It's not man-made. Love is not man-made. You, you can't make love. You can't create love. But you can experience love because love is there, and you, it's in inside you, deep inside you, and it just have to, you have to get certain things out of the way so it can come to the surface. And that's what, what have- I think. Go ahead. I think that's one of the. The basic, one of the best things that I know about the recovery programs is that they they have, allow us to uncover and get away from those things that have been blocking us from the, the love and the power that that exists within us, so that we don't have to go outside to get it. We just have to get rid of things to to enjoy it. How does the recovery program do that, help us get rid of that stuff? And what is it that blocks it? What do we have to get rid of in order to experience that love? Well, one of the most significant things I ever did was do a fourth-step inventory where I looked at my life and my resentments, my fears, and my relationships with other people and to help me find the places where I had uh, failed in, you know, in memory, uh, a resentment, for example, is a memory. It's not anything else. It's happening right now. But if I go back and look at all my resentments and recognize why I resented that person, place, or thing, and then ultimately what part I had in in uh, creating that situation, uh, and I begin to see patterns in my life that I don't have to repeat. You know, I, you know, one of the definitions of insanity is that. 
you keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And that certainly was true in my life. I began to see that that was happening, and so you quit doing that that same thing over and over and begin to try to do something new. And that's the beginning of growth. And you do this all your life. Once you get in the happen, you're looking for it every day. Where am I? Where am I? Where have I been made a mistake? Where have I hurt somebody? Have I injured somebody? Can I straighten it up right away? Or what, what can I do? And so that pattern of life produces, uh, a reduction of the of the self-centeredness in your life, and you begin to experience more of the spiritual values that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Forgiveness plays a big part in that process that you're describing. How do yep. you use forgiveness? Well, I don't use it. I ask for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think... I don't... I think, I, like I said earlier, I think acceptance and forgiveness and surrender are all the same thing. It's a way we detach ourselves from a situation and break free of the uh, negative impact of that situation. And I think they're gifts from this power that we've been talking about, this God as you understand him. They They just work. They just, they free us from the unhappiness we we have when we think about them. I had a whole string of them. I, it was almost like I had a, a stack of videos in my brain that I could just pick out one of it. When I was sat down and started drinking, I'd just pull out one of those and start playing it, and I could feel that resentment all over again. And it was never a happy occasion. I never felt good one time I did it. Why did I do it? I don't know why I did it. But I was doing it, but I had to find a way to break that and get through that. And God helped me do that. One thing I've... Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, By letting me turn it loose. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, is that thinking about uh, letting go of forgiveness or letting go of resentments is like taking a pair of scissors and clipping the cord. Absolutely. Letting it go. Yep. Float away. I'm through with that. And then then the, the, the miracle of the thing is there's a line in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous that says our dark past becomes our greatest asset. In the moment, we can get past those resentments and turn them loose. They suddenly begin to ask, become assets that we can use trying to help somebody else. It's a miraculous switch from a dead liability to a real asset that occurs just by the, the fact that we were able to forgive, release, or let go. And that's another thing that I don't think man created. I believe that they're the power that created this universe has had that present all along, if you just can get your mind to work there. I think it all comes in through our, my mind anyway, and you could call it your mind or your heart, but uh, your deeper consciousness. And i that's the way I see the world today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Completely different from how it was when you were in that active alcoholism. It's a completely different world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I I know that sometimes it's easy to look at other people and criticize them and and think, you know, who they are is sort of silly or sort of weak or they don't have it together. How does spirituality change the way you look at people? Well, you recognize everybody. We're all the same. We have different life experiences. We have different thought processes. But essentially, we're the same. We're all one. We we all are created life. You know, life exists in all of us. Nobody's ever been able to really define life. It's just there. You've either got life or you haven't got life. And they got life, I got life, and, and we're all going, going through life having different experiences. And, and I can't criticize somebody for the way they really react to situation because I don't know what what set them up to react the way they did. Uh, I go to prison. I go to jails and talk to young men who are in jail. I could be any one of those people. I could have been the guy that ran over somebody and killed them in a car because I drove drunk. Uh, he's they've served, They're serving my time, really. And all I can do is try to give them 
the benefit that I found in being able to release the thing that caused me to be drunk and get on a new path of life. Alcoholics Anonymous is not how you stop drinking. Alcoholics Anonymous is how you stop starting up again. And you've got to be living a pretty comfortable life. You've got to be living a wholesome life to be able to give that that uh, craving up, that obsession that a drink would improve this situation to, to the hallmarks of, of alcoholism. And uh, that's... That's the way I see this thing. I, I don't. I, it's easy for me to, when I recognize my own faults, it's easier for me to forgive somebody else for theirs. It's just about that simple. Yep, that's compassion in action, and that's one knowing our oneness in action. Right. Putting right. our feet on it. Yeah, putting feet on it. And you know, unity itself. Uh, I found unity. Mm-hmm. After I just got sober, and a lot of the things that I was hearing in Alcoholics Anonymous resonated in what I heard in Unity. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a, a a church person very much because I I don't like building funds and things like that very much. Uh, I, and I, and I found what I'm looking for, I think, in AA. So I I'm not as as good a church member. I go and I listen to you with great interest and care, and somewhat critical at times uh, when you deliver sermons on my Sunday morning, but I do, <laughs> I do enjoy you. And Thank I, you, Jerry. <laughs> but yeah, that, yeah, that, that whole idea that we're, that we are one, that we can, can care about yeah. each other is, is really important, and it's a part of unity, and it's a part of that, the 12 steps for sure, yep. Well, Jerry, our time's just about up. Um, if you have one last word you'd like to leave with us, what would that be? Oh, I guess you. I would want you to, you know, come to know yourself, who you really are, and be that person, and look at your values carefully, and live inside those values so you can have the greatest freedom that exists in this universe. And uh, pass that on to somebody else. That's as much as I could give you my, my life philosophy, I think. Sounds good. Jerry, thanks a lot for being with us today, and I appreciate all that you've shared. And uh, you've sure uh, given us some wisdom and some good words to, to live in. And thanks a lot. Well, appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me, and forgive me if I've offended anybody. <laughs> all right. I doubt it, but we'll forgive you. All right. Thanks again. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Be sure to join us next week when my topic's going to be powerless or powerful or both. And we'll be looking at the 12 powers and the 12 steps. And my guest will be Reverend Dennis. God bless you. Know you're in my thoughts and prayers. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. may happen around you, things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, 
I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.